You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 190. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 190. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the pod. Amy here, obviously, and I am Sans Mr. Smith today. Gasp! Gasp! I know. But I do have an amazing stand-in who's going to help me go off today about your go-to self-sabotaging behaviors and how to change them. So you may remember her from a handful of podcasts that we've done. Obviously, our podcast model doesn't include guests unless I want my best friend to come on the show. (laughs) It's very exclusive. Well, I know know your listeners don't like it when Mr. Smith is absent. So I really hope people don't like protest. (laughs) I know. It's a big shoes to fill, literally. They're like, um, thanks for that free content, but kind of miss Mr. Smith. Yeah. So anyway, I am joined by Andrea Owen, who not only is my very best friend, but also an amazing coach and mentor for high achieving women. She runs the show over at yourkickasslife.com. And if you haven't checked her out, you definitely should. She works a lot around managing your inner kind of bitch and getting rid of that in order to cultivate confidence and courage instead. So definitely what we're all about over here at the Joy Junkie Show. So I'm thrilled to have you here with me. Yay! Selfishly, I'm going to play! So, all right. So I wanted to have Andrea come on to talk about this particular subject that we actually approach quite a bit in our work because I, I don't know if you find this, but I find that a lot of people are struggling with behaviors that they do, like maybe they uh, compulsively overeat, or maybe they think they drink a little too much, or they can get sucked into Facebook and zone out, Mm -hmm. or maybe they even have a propensity to overwork. And they think those are all the problems. Like, why do I do this? Why do I do this? And there's a lot of reason underneath that. So Mm -hmm. I thought it would really warrant a conversation today. Do you see that a lot? Actually, no. (laughs) ever you warned me you were punchy today so I know I did warn you that I was a little punchy today no it's it's so pervasive it's so pervasive and I think you're right and I don't know if that's where you wanted to start but I I think you really nailed it when you said that people think that that's the problem and it's really not it's just the symptom of a bigger problem that's underneath that's right so well, well let's let's look at this because people define self-sabotaging behaviors that, you know, in multiple different ways. And I think there's many reasons why we self-sabotage. And we'll talk about those a little bit today. But for the people listening going like, what, what is that even? Like, how do I know if I'm even exhibiting 
any of these quote go-to self-sabotaging behaviors? What what are examples? A really common one is in relationships. So people are in a relationship that seems to be going pretty well and they either pick fights with their partner, they seek out their ex, um, they just, behaviors that don't make any sense. And yeah, I find relationships a really common one. Some people um, will even land a really great job interview and then just not show up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or just, yeah, I mean, what are some examples that you can think of? Cause I'm, cause I think those are the two biggest ones, like in career and in relationships and not just in intimate relationships, but even friendships too. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, I definitely can happen in friendships, but I think one of the, the pieces of this to not overlook is that it's go-to it's your go-to behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so it's things that you do habitually over and over again, and you kind of wonder why you're not getting a different result. So it can be things like one of the ones that I see really extreme over and over again is people dealing with an emotion of guilt. Like when you experience something like feeling guilty about, I mean, it could even be in relationships like what you were talking about, but I see it a lot with people who are in service industries, like whether they're a nurse or they're a caretaker or they're another coach and they don't have time in their calendar to take on a new client. And the client, you know, my husband deals with it. Mr. Smith deals with this all the time where people are like, you can't see me. Oh my God, you can't fit me in. Mm -hmm. And in that instant, you feel this emotion of guilt, like you've done something wrong. You know, emotionally we get this response. And then the go-to behavior is people-pleasing is going, oh my gosh, you can't be mad at me. You can't be disappointed in me. I better accommodate because I can't be with this guilt feeling. That to me points to something that I teach in, and that is we're being triggered. So like that example that you gave is a perfect one. Let me back up a little bit. So everybody has like this um, kind of persona that we would never want to be perceived as. And so for, I'll get, I'll, you know, use that same example. So for, let's use Mr. Smith. So Mr. Smith probably does not want to be seen as an unreliable, you know, speaking of career, um, uh, you know, like not being able to accommodate people. And um, there's all these ways that he probably does not want to be perceived. And if you break up different parts of your life, you have different ways in different parts of your life, in your relationship, in your career, as a parent, et cetera, et cetera. And so what ends up happening is that those get challenged because we can't ever control how other people perceive us. So him setting a boundary, like, no, I cannot take more than 16 clients in one day or whatever, (laughs) then he can't control whether somebody is going to accept that and be like, okay, I understand, or be pissed off and offended. So what ends up happening is that that gets triggered, that that perceived persona, that identity gets triggered. And so that's when we start to try to people please. And it never feels good. And and that's where the whole conversation of boundaries needs to come into play. And, and yeah, so I think it's, it's really important for us to sit down and think about like, how are the ways you would never want to be perceived by other people? Like if you overheard someone talking about you as a business owner, as an employee, as a wife, whatever, how would you be horrified? And so it's not, not at all. (laughs) So you can like try to frantically run away from that because then that's a whole conversation about perfectionism. But if you 
whether you know those or not, they're running your life. They are running your life. We behave based on those most of the time. So that's why that exercise has been so helpful for me to really pinpoint why I behave the way that I do so many times. That's right. That's a, that's a really, really great point. I love how you, how you put that together because it really parallels one of the major messages that I talk about a lot, which is that we can't control how we are perceived or received. Mm -hmm. So once you understand, oh, that's like a legitimate fear. I am afraid that people are going to perceive me as unreliable, unprofessional, uncaring, or whatever. If we're using that example, then you can unpack that a little bit and go, but I'm not being those things. We're responsible as I like to say, we're responsible for our intention, not our reception. So in that exact same example, you might have somebody who, who is like, oh, no problem. No problem. Just let me know if you have any cancellations. You might have another person who's like, okay, totally indifferent. And then you might have another person who kind of propels that guilt towards you and is like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So in that scenario, it's Mr. Smith's responsibility to be who he wants to be regardless of how he might be perceived because mm -hmm. that's going to be completely all across the board. You cannot dictate that. However, I think what we've been talking about and pointing to is we try to. We try to be perceived by every single person in a way that is congruent with how, how we want to be perceived, right? right? Instead of looking at what am I actually really responsible for? Yeah. And that is exhausting and it's impossible. It's, it's absolutely impossible. And I know that, uh, I don't know if you were this way or not, but like in the beginning of my coaching practice, I, it's funny, like, I don't, I don't people please with anyone except like the first few years of my coaching practice. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's when I was like yeah. yes. bending over backwards for people. And, and cause I was trying to build a business and I wanted to, I wanted to shape the way I wanted to control how people perceived me. Yes. You know, I'm trying to create this brand based on me. I want it to go well. And that was a, it was a huge learning curve. And still sometimes I struggle, you know, with how people perceive me, but yeah, you're right. It's like the, the only thing that we can control is how we show up in the world. Right. Right. Well, and so, so that's one of them. That's one major go-to sort of behavioral things that we do. We can turn to people pleasing to relieve that feeling of guilt or relieve how we or try to control how we are being perceived. But there's a ton, ton of other ones. And I think you can kind of divide them up between sort of behavioral actions that are character-based, like something like this, that's people-pleasing, or something like blame, where we we are feeling something uncomfortable, like anger, typically anger. If you're feeling that you turn to blame, like I've got to make this somebody's fault. It could be something like isolating or hiding out, not wanting to see somebody or, you know, be around other people where you have to address something challenging or just an opposite type of behavior that's very much, in well, not necessarily opposite, but in tandem with that, you can have behaviors that are things that are more uh, addiction-like, where you throw yourself into work, you overwork, uh, or you zone out on Facebook, or you drink too much, or you eat too much. It's, you know, it's those type of pe people who, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, where you've had an amazing week, you've, you've stuck to your diet or your eating plan all week. 
And then you get to the last day and then you like fucking binge out and you can just completely sabotage yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's those sorts of things. And I've noticed for myself, I have a very interesting relationship with overwhelm. So if I'm feeling something like over overwhelm, overloaded in my world, that's when I tend to use self-sabotaging behaviors like overeating, maybe drinking a little too much that I, you know, than when I normally would, or sometimes even like smoking cigarettes or things like that, where I'm like, who is this? Who are you? (laughs) So let's talk about this a little bit. Why do people turn to these behaviors? Well, I think to preface it, I want to say that I think sometimes it can be unique for everyone. And most of the time, if not all of the time, it's very complicated. And, mm-hmm. you know, based on individuals. So that being said, I think that the reason that we do it is because we're, it's escapism at yeah. its best. Like it's escapism. We are trying to get away. Like the, the example you were using, it doesn't feel good to feel overwhelmed. So what can I do to not feel overwhelmed? What is the quickest way I can get out of this overwhelm? Well, let me drink, you know, three glasses of whiskey. Let me <clears throat> throw myself into, for me, it's, it's like, I like to plan. and and. From my experience, I the anxiety and overwhelm to me is a feeling of lack of control and like things are slipping through my fingers. Mm. And what I like to do, you know, now that I'm sober, I'm not codependent, like I've let go of all these behaviors is I like to plan. Even mm. if I am like creating dinners for the family for the week and I am like, you know, typing on my phone, like my shopping list, if I'm at work, like figuring out what podcast episodes are like, that brings me peace. And and it's tricky because I think sometimes the things that bring us peace and comfort can also be the things that, you know, we just like completely go off the rails. So again, that's a whole nother complicated conversation of like, where do we cross the line (laughs) from self-care into excess or for some addiction? And that is, I I think that's a part of why personal development is called fucking personal because it's unique to each individual person. And it's also unique to each individual situation. So I I love to say sometimes the answer is whiskey and sometimes the answer is journaling and sometimes the answer is yoga and sometimes the answer is ice cream. Like it, it, and that comes down to, am I really clear about the behavior that I'm choosing? But I think what happens most of the time is that we don't consciously choose what we're choosing. We go, oh, I need a fucking drink. I'm overwhelmed. Or you know what? I just need to zone out on fucking Facebook. Instead mm-hmm. of realizing what's actually happening and the what is at the genesis of all of that behavior, this is what you were pointing to, is something that is uncomfortable to feel, period. Right. So in your example, anxiety. Anxiety drives you to planning and controlling. Now that might be an amazing healthy option unless you're staying up till all hours of the night or you know shirking your responsibilities as a mother or ignoring friends because you're so consumed with planning something. Mm-hmm. So that's when you kind of have to watch that barrier. But for me, it's overwhelm. Overwhelm ten I tend to go, fuck it. Let me just have some ice cream or, you know, or mm-hmm. all of it. Sometimes I'll go to all of them in one night. But I think what's really imperative to understand is it's something you don't want to feel. And it can be minimal, like just 
a little bit of anxiousness, a little bit of overwhelm, maybe a tinge of anger to something extreme like sorrow or guilt or extreme fear around something. So I was watching a really interesting uh, snippet today on Facebook. And if I can find it, I'll link to it in the show notes. But it was this woman talking about how we are wired as humans. And if you've listened to the pod, you know, I say this all the time, that from a primitive fundamental place, our humanity is always in the pursuit of pleasure or the avoidance of pain. So if we are in a feeling that feels painful, like overwhelm, anxiousness, anger, depression, any of that, we will naturally want to move on. We will naturally want to find a way to end that quote suffering. Mm-hmm. So we will go to, okay, what will give me pleasure? What will abate this uncomfortable feeling? Okay, let me just zone out. Let me overwork. Let me overwork out. Let me, and it's it's talking about, and what we're talking about today is extreme self-sabotaging behaviors that ultimately aren't the life that you want. They're just kind of squashing that uncomfortable emotion in the moment. I'm actually working on a piece for for my blog and the title of it is, is, is escapism ever okay? And my short answer is yes. Like we're humans, like, like you were saying, like we, I just, I don't know anyone and maybe I just don't have, you know, super duper evolved friends. Like Amy's my most evolved friend, but I don't know anyone who's like, oh, I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I'm just going to sit through this and write it out. You know, like, <laughs> I'd be like, girl, let's go have some Ben and Jerry's and watch some Netflix. I think it's okay sometimes. And I think that what I see a lot in personal development is, well, I see this a lot in the women that I serve is, is dichotomous thinking. It's black or white. It has to be all or nothing. And I see it a lot in personal development. So these women are like, all right, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to get, I'm going to do this personal development thing. So then when they look at these types of behaviors, like their numbing out behaviors, they feel like it's all or nothing. They need to like feel all of their feelings and not do any of their their numbing stuff, or they are a total loser and their life is like a shit show. Like we all still do it. And I think that it's just taking inventory of and just having some fucking self-compassion. You know, it's like we are human beings who we are feeling beings. And for a lot of us, we didn't grow up and like have coping mechanisms on how to actually like work our way through this. So when we get thrown into situations, especially big ones like grief, like the the analogy I like to use is like, it's like trying to give a cat a bath and like a bathtub full of water. They're like, not happy. Like get me out of here, crying and scratching. That's how I sometimes feel when I get like feelings thrown at me. And so I think it's just a matter of A, giving yourself some compassion and really just taking inventory of you're escaping and when does it become chronic like when does even Brene Brown tells the story of when she had a particularly hard day of reading awful comments about her online that she as a trained mental health professional grabbed a blanket a jar of peanut butter and watched 10 hours of Downton Abbey so it's like we all do it and just if you're beating yourself up for it if you're listening to this and going like oh shit I'm doomed it's okay it's okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. And I th- I just did this the other week because I I was dealing with some crazy stuff that's been going on in our family and I went 
and got my favorite garden burger with lots of cheese and a bunch of french fries. I went and got Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I had a big old thing of whiskey and I smoked a cigarette and I never smoked cigarettes. Here's the distinction is that we know we have options and I knew exactly what I was doing when I did it. I didn't feel like I didn't have a choice. I felt like this is what I choose right now. And I'm still going to address this issue. I'm still going to, you know, take it to my coach. I'm still going to process it with Andrea and Mr. Smith and, and deal with it. And I also know that that self-sabotaging behavior isn't chronic. It isn't a way of being. It's like a one-off here and there. And that's the place to look. So if you're in chronic self-sabotaging behavior, over drinking, overeating, then there is something systemic to address, to look at. But I love what you said about being compassionate to yourself because, again, the reason we do those things primitively is ultimately to take care of ourselves. It's the right. only way we know to take care of ourselves. But now that you become evolved and you start learning some of these other things, you start going, Oh, I see why I'm doing this. I'm actually avoiding feeling something. And that is okay to have that resistance. We will always have that resistance. But you get to decide what your behavioral choice is. And I think uh, I, you didn't even know this, but last week's podcast episode was about all or nothing thinking. Oh, and the, it's, <laughs> you're doing what Mr. Smith does, where he does amazing segues and has no idea that he's doing <laughs> <laughs> so way to be a good stand-in. Yeah, make it him proud. I'll put a link to that in in last uh or in the show notes page because I think you can go back and listen to that as well. Because this is such a unique situation that we're talking about here, but we do it with everything. You know, we think yeah. once you learn this stuff, you have to use every positive tool ever made, you know, and you can't have slip-ups and you can't be compassionate for your journey. I would even have the goal be like 80-20. Like 80% of the time, you know, try to do all of your personal development things, <laughs> use your tools, be consistent. And then 20% of the time, it, you know, it's okay to jump on the crazy train. Like I'll be driving it. I'll come pick you up. I call that the human hall pass when it's like, yeah. <laughs> because you, you learn these tools and stuff and then you think, oh, I'm so enlightened. Now I know how to journal and process and do all these things. So if I don't choose that, I must be an idiot. You're just mm -hmm. human. And it's about a way of being. Are you perpetuating a chronic way of being or are you having like that 20% one-off situation? I think this is really a good time to mention too. I know I, I mentioned this last week on the podcast, but we have a retreat that is coming up in the spring where an entire module of our program is dedicated specifically to emotions, why we run away from them, uh, how to process them. We dig into tons of different tools on giving yourself permission to actually emote and mm -hmm. what that looks like. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for, I mean, this is curriculum that, that we've taught for years. We've taught the class online. Uh, and we are excited to take it on the road. We're going to do it in person starting on April 30th in, in Asheville, North Carolina. So you can come and see the state that I live in. But really, like, you know, it's like we don't give ourselves enough permission to feel what we're feeling. We That's push right. it away, offload it, blame. That's what we were talking about. And what we are going to do on this retreat is, is give you tools on how to, I don't want to say like jump in head first. That sounds a little bit dramatic, but maybe like kind of like 
go in like the shallow end. <laughs> Cause for some people it might be like, Oh shit. I, <laughs> this is brand new territory for me. And it's, it's brand new territory for most people. Like who teaches that in school? Like I always am going off about that. Nobody says, here's how to deal with your emotions. Or, you know, we have a whole module that's on self-forgiveness. When the fuck do you learn that? People are like, I should pay for the sins of my past. I should pay for that relationship I fucked up for the rest of my life. We were talking about this uh, yesterday, I think, how we make up that we're the only ones suffering with this. Like, I'm the only one who turns to overeating or I'm the only one who throws no one else is as fucked up as me and that's one of the things that we've seen consistently over all the classes that we've taught but in particular retreats that we've done the intimacy that happens between people when they are perfect strangers but come together with the same vulnerabilities they're all scared they're all terrified to put money behind their own personal development everyone's in the same fucking vulnerable boat and then they start sharing and they're like oh my god you feel that way too? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes. And then you and I are like, we told you. (laughs) And everybody's hashtag twinning. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag blessed. You know, obviously if this little section is still left in the podcast, this means we do have spots that are still available. Here's the deal. It's all inclusive. You, we will pick you up from the airport. We'll pay for your parking if you're actually local to North Carolina. We've got your room accommodations taken care of, all your food, your snacks. The only thing that's not included is your airfare and then any spending money, like if you want to buy booze and, and stuff like that. But your lessons, your workbooks, and we've thrown in a shit ton of bonuses because we know that it's a, it's a little ways off. It'll be actually the end of April, early May. And we want you to start your momentum right now. So if you're, if you're interested, you can go to the show notes page for this episode, which is the joyjunkie.com slash one nine zero, or you can go directly to the selfloverevolution.com as long as you go now, because the space is very, very limited. We're not mm-hmm. being dramatic about that. <laughs> yeah. And there's a payment plan too. So you can spread your payments out over a decent amount of time. And we would love to get to squeeze you in person. And, uh, you know, if I do say so myself, we are kind of magical together. <laughs> Andrea loves to say, I'm actually really socially awkward in real life. <laughs> Which I don't think that at all. That maybe that's because I know you so well. But, oh, um, my God. Inside, I'm like, what do I say next? Like, <laughs> But you know what? That's another one of the most amazing things that, that I love, particularly about the coaching modality versus something more traditional like a therapy model, is that we get to say that shit out loud. We get to mm-hmm. talk about, hey, we were scared to even f- facilitate a retreat. We still deal with inner critic and dealing with self-kindness and all of that stuff, which is what we'll be talking about on the retreat. So we get to share from an anecdotal place it's a management system. You don't eradicate fear. You don't eradicate negative self-talk. You just learn how to manage it better. I think that's so important to mention. And we get to model that for you, which is such a, is such an honor. Yeah. And one of the things that I do want to mention, and then we'll, we'll talk about some ways we can start changing these self-sabotaging behaviors that we've been talking about. Well, first of all, you can change it by coming on the retreat with us. <laughs> <laughs> Option A. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. And 
but what we did is we originally launched this and sold quite a handful of spots in December. And we had the early bird price available then and the payment plan, obviously. And then we realized, oh, December might not be the best time. It's a little tough. Mm -hmm. We rolled back to early bird. So you can still get $250 off your entire retreat with us. So again, go to the selfloverevolution.com or the show notes page for this episode. I'm fucking excited. I can't wait. Pumped. Pumped. (laughs) Such a rad hotel too. Let's talk a little bit about how we can start changing some of these go-to patterns. Like for instance, if people are listening and they're like, oh my God, I always blame my ex. Anytime I get anger, I go straight to blame or I blame my mom or, oh my God, that's me. I'm crazy about sweets or I overwork. What do you do about that? Like, how do you start changing these patterns? So blame to me is a little bit different than numbing out. So Mm -hmm. blame is a way that people discharge hurt and fear. So, um, you know, and I can say that from personal experience, (laughs) being a chronic blamer that I didn't want to take any, because for me, in my former relationship, really, I was a big blamer. And because if I were to take responsibility for what was going on in my life, it would mean I would have to make some massive changes. That would mean I would have to have left my relationship, which I was not prepared to do. I was too scared. So I think blame really, for people that are chronic blamers, that is a matter of looking at what is yours to take responsibility for. So this is tricky because I think that people can tend to fall down that rabbit hole of of like really, really bad extreme self-blame and then feel super, super shitty for that. So I just kind of say like tread lightly. in in taking responsibility. But I can tell you in a nutshell, when I finally took, I mean, it took me getting hit over the head with a two by four, my life completely falling apart for me to wake up and be like, I need to take responsibility for my life. But when I did, what surprised me was, you know, when the fog cleared was the freedom in that, the freedom in that, okay, I don't have to try to like strangle my life. Because Uh I was that, that trying to control other people was so fucking exhausting to the point where it was killing me. It was killing me. And once I let go of that, which is still a daily process, you guys, like I got the word surrender tattooed on my arm as a reminder. (laughs) And I think the next day I even said like, Hey, remember surrender? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Like letting stuff go because I still, my go-to is, is trying to control people and things and, and everything. So I kind of went off on a little tangent there, but yeah, so blame to me is, is, is also taking inventory of what you're, what you're hurting about. Like, what are you in pain about? I know from my experience, I was in a lot of pain in my relationship. I was in a lot of pain knowing deep down that this relationship was not going to work out and though I was going to lose a lot. And I was not, again, not prepared to do that, to go through the grief and the loss of losing what had been my life for a decade and a half. So I, I yeah, I think it, it really is about taking responsibility and, and taking inventory of what you are, what are you afraid of? What are you in pain about? The underlying thing, regardless if we go to, you know, the go-to is blame or the go-to is over-controlling or the go-to is something, you know, habit forming like booze or something like that. Underneath all of that is something you don't want to feel. It's an emotion. Mm-hmm. It's dealing with something by looking at it 
in the face instead of offloading it. So here's the amazing thing about blame. And we've talked about this. I'll, I'll put a link to the blame podcast too, if you haven't listened to it. The deal with that is blame is awesome because you always get to put it on somebody else. You don't have to take responsibility. You, you get to perpetually be angry. And that's the cost. The cost is you have no control because your happiness is contingent on somebody else changing because you've gone, I can't be happy because look at what an asshole you are. Look at how horrible you are. Look at how you fucked up my childhood. Mm -hmm. And so that's the addiction to it. That's why we turn to it is because we don't have to look at our shit. You know, it's a great distraction. It's a great way to offload what you're feeling. So I think really pointing to what you were talking about, I think the first thing is looking at what's around those go-to behaviors. When you get really blamey or when you choose to, like I was noticing for myself, when I choose to, you know, have a cigarette and have a little too much to drink and eat food that I know is not good for my system, I just noticed, I was like, what's underneath that, what I don't want to feel, what I'm running from is overwhelm. That's what's really going on for me. For you, it was really noticing that control and that blame for other people. It might be, I'm so angry. I've seen a lot of people do this when they're really angry at their boss. They don't want to feel that anger. So they're like, I just need, you know what I need? I need a fucking drink. And then they sweep it under the rug. Don't address it. Don't really come to terms with the anger. And then it perpetuates. And then all of a sudden you're in, you know, disordered drinking or you're in uh, an addiction or you're perpetually not feeling and then it'll come out somehow. Mm-hmm. It'll come out as an addiction. It'll come out in a physical ailment. It'll come out in a massive quarter life or midlife crisis. It comes out somehow. But we will do our damnedest. It's, you always talk about trying to hold the, what is it? Hold the fall into the water. Right. You know, but it'll, it'll pop out there at some point. It's exhausting to try to hold it down too. It is, but it's possible. And that's, that's the thing is we go, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But what we don't realize is if we allow it out, there's so much more freedom. You know, we, we gain a lot more resilience by actually being with our emotion. Nobody fucking tells you that. We just think, oh, I need to abort mission. I don't want to feel this. So I think definitely addressing what is happening here that I don't want to feel. Like really start pinpointing that and, and give it a name if you can. What is it? Is it anger, blame, uh, lack of self-forgiveness, shame, embarrassment? It might be anger. all of those too. It could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'll take a side dose of. A buffet. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that you can do is look at what are some go-to healthy behaviors or are there parameters that I can put around some of these behaviors that aren't healthy. Like, could I say one glass of wine? And obviously, if you're an addictive personality, that's not going to work. But, and there, that, that's another issue altogether. But can you put some finite things around that, like some containers around that to say, okay, this is 20%. This isn't mm-hmm. a habitual way of being. And, or can you create healthy behaviors? Like, you know what? It really helps me if I'm really frustrated or angry. I love calling you up and just saying, hey, let me tell you all the things I'm mad at. <laughs> we leave each other those messages fairly regularly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's healthy because it's an expulsion of energy. It's addressing the anger. 
But then there's that container around it where, okay, I got that out. <sighs> okay, now I can go about my life and choose things that, that feel really healthy for me. So yeah. it could be really advantageous just to get out of a paper and write out a list of here's some things that actually do relieve that emotion, but actually feel healthy in the long run. Yeah. And I know you and I were having this conversation. You came on my podcast a couple weeks ago, or last week, I think it was. And we were talking about this topic and the, and the whole question came up of, of asking yourself, what is it that I really want right now? So if like you're standing in front of the pantry, for me, it's pizza flavored Pringles, like I can't with those. So it's like I'm eating them mindlessly like to ask myself, like, what is it that I really want right now? Even still, like it, with all of the personal development that I've done, with all of the recovery that I have been through, sometimes when I'm in the moment, I don't fucking know. Like yeah. all I know is that like I want to crawl out of my skin and I'm not really sure. So what actually does help me is to just journal, to kind of like free write sometimes. And then it ends up kind of in retrospect, bubbling to the surface as to what is really going on. You know, as a facilitator, <laughs> like when I put that hat on and kind of look at my life, usually what's going on is that like we we're saying, like I'm feeling overwhelmed with life when it's like too many things on my plate. And there's just like one thing that's kind of like pushed me over the edge. And a lot of times is I'm feeling disconnected from someone. Mm -hmm. Either I haven't talked to you in like eight hours or, <laughs> <laughs> or I haven't like, you know, connected with my husband or my kids or, or something's going on where I just feel that disconnection because that is always to me like when that isn't happening, then I am, or even if like I reach out to somebody and they don't, which, which again, I can't control if they're always going to show up great for me or not. And they don't respond the way I want them to like, Oh, poor me. And then I fall into this, like, Oh, so sad for me. And then, then I feel, but then it's like, it's, I'm still responsible. Like there is more than one person in my life that I can reach out to there. I do have other coping mechanisms I can handle. So it's really like the bottom line, I think of all my words is that it's just about paying attention, pay attention to what's going on as best you can. You may not always come out with like a crystal clear answer, but just paying attention always brings about some kind of clarity just because you're being curious. And I think, you know, this kind of dawned on me is that, you know, again, talking about our primitive responses and always just genuinely trying to take care of ourselves. I think pretty much we are always feeling like we're in search of, like when you were talking about, about to down the pizza Pringles, what we want in that moment is comfort and safety. We mm -hmm. want, we're not feeling in control. We want to feel, I mean, that's why they call it comfort food, right? It's like, we we want comfort and we want safety. We don't feel safe. And then that's your responsibility to go, what's underneath that comfort and safety from what, you know? And so that's, that's this whole thing that we do on this goddamn podcast every week. It's like that this is personal development. It's excavating beneath the behaviors. And so we obviously have given you a lot of anecdotes to kind of search for your own, but that's, your responsibility to look beneath that because that's the only way that you're going to start choosing different behaviors or not making flipping the ratio so that you're choosing 80% healthy behaviors and then allowing that human hall pass to come in at a 20%, you know? 
Andrea, thank you so much for being here with me. I'm it's selfishly, it's so, so fun for me. So I'm hoping that it's been awesome for the audience. <laughs> the audience. So if you guys are interested in digging far, far deeper and getting a handle on some of this stuff, I would really encourage you to think about joining us for the retreat in uh, in April and May. So again, you'll find that in the show notes page or you can go directly to the selfloverevolution.com. I just we want to throw something in real quick too. Like yeah. on the retreat, it will not just be me and Amy talking for the sake of us talking. <laughs> it's about you sharing your stories too, whatever you're comfortable with. There'll be discussion, Q&A, sharing stories, et cetera. And we're doing uh, some creative projects and things like that too. So it really is these weekends just fucking fill my spirit like no other. It's amazing. So if you're interested and you just cannot continue to go through 2017, hating who you are and not valuing yourself, I really encourage you to consider it. We would love to have you. I forgot to to tell you to do, uh... (laughs) you go Amy and Andrea out. Okay. Okay. So here's to loving and living your most badass life. Andrea and Amy out.